This week on Twip Weddings, we're joined by Stephen Rosen, a wedding photographer from Brooklyn who specializes in same-sex weddings. Marriage equality is a hot topic these days, and as more and more countries embrace marriage equality, a whole new market of wedding photography is emerging. Stephen has photographed over 80 same-sex weddings, and he shares his observations and tips for attracting and working with gay couples to photograph their wedding day. Well, welcome back to another episode of Twip Weddings. Um, once again, my name is Bruce Clark, and I'm joined in the co-host chair, as, as always, by my, my fellow groomsmen, uh, Mr. Brian Capricci, Mr. Robert Evans. Good morning. Good gentlemen. So who's the best man, then? Oh, <laughs> Bruce. Um, <laughs> is the best man. Awkward. Uh, the one who gets me the most drunk at the stag, I guess. <laughs> yeah. And this week we've got a we got a special guest with us joining us uh, to talk about this week's topic, which is going to be uh, same-sex weddings. Welcome, uh, Mr. Stephen Rosen. Hello, everybody. Hello. Happy to be here. So, for the audience who maybe you know they're they're tired of Brian, Robert, and I, they already know all about <laughs> us by now. They've been listening along. So, but uh, you're new to the show, so I want to just give a, a brief introduction to you know who is Stephen Rosen and uh, tell us a little bit about your background. Okay. Well. Um, I am a wedding and portrait photographer. I'm based in uh, Brooklyn, and uh, I've been shooting weddings for a little over 10 years now. <clears throat> Excuse me. And uh, been a, uh, as a, a gay man myself, I've been a longtime advocate for marriage quality, and um, I've been shooting same-sex couples from way before uh, there was marriage quality here in the States. And uh, so uh, it was natural for me to expand into doing same-sex weddings. And uh, although I work with everybody, I don't discriminate. I will work with straight people. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but I do, I have done, uh, as of last week, 87 same-sex weddings. So that's wow. where I'm at right now. I'm working my way to 100. Fantastic. That's <laughs> great. Well, we're going to get, we're going to dig in and learn more about Stephen and his photography. And, and that's what our topic this week is, is obviously uh, talking about same-sex weddings. So we're going to dig into that um, here in a little bit. But before we, uh, before we get into our main discussion, I want to just uh, remind our audience once again, you know, how you can get in touch with us and how you can participate in the show. Uh, we value your feedback and your feedback kind of informs, you know, where we take the show and what topics we talk about. So we a few different ways that you can interact with us. Um, the best place is probably go to the website uh, thisweekinphoto.com and there just look for the weddings. Uh, you can also put in thisweekinphoto.com slash weddings. That'll take you right to the page for this show and there you're going to find the show notes for each episode and then we'll have links to everything that we talk about on the show in the blog post. There's also a spot there you can leave your comments and feedback for us in the comment section. If you do have a question or a suggestion for a topic for a future episode, uh, you can email us. Our address, email address is twipwed at thisweekinphoto.com. Or if you're more of the social media type, you can also post uh, a social media, you know, Google+, Plus, Twitter. Uh, use the hashtag twipwed, and we'll keep our eye out for those posts. And we're also on Instagram, and we're going to get some more content in the Instagram feed. We keep saying that every week. Keep and, that. Yeah, we, we'll get there. Um, you can follow us. We're at, uh, at TwipWed on the Instagrams. So those are a bunch of ways you can get in touch with us and participate in the show. So without further ado, let's jump into the show. And as always, we're going to start off with our picks of the week. And each week we will share a photography-related item that we think would benefit a wedding photographer. And our pick can be anything as long as it is somehow related to photography or the business of photography. So because, Stephen, you're new on the show, we're going to give you first pick. What is your pick <laughs> of the week? 
All right. Well, my pick of the week is something that I don't even have yet. I'm just waiting with bated breath for it. It's called a kula. Um, and it is a little attachment that you put on to your lens uh, that has uh, mirrors on each side and it creates stereoscopic photos. Uh, and uh, I'm actually I'm going to turn around right now. I'm going to grab something behind me and I'm going to show you. So hold on one sec. Okay. So for those who are watching the video, if you go to the, if you go to the blog post, this you can watch the video for this. Stephen's going to. You guys show know us. about these? I'm putting my headphones back in. Hold on. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to try and I'll try and describe for the audio listeners. I'm going to do my best to try to describe. Okay. Describe. No, 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 you, you got me back. Yeah. Can we I see this? All right, so these are one of those old-fashioned stereoscopic viewers. I love this sort of stuff. Um, and so now they have this cool attachment, and you can make uh, photos with your digital camera that you can put inside this thing, and you can get old-fashioned 3D photos, like from the Victorian era. Uh, and this is kind of fits into... I have another whole thing where I just really love taking uh, pictures of people in vintage clothing. And... Uh, and I thought it would be a really cool thing to, to promote for weddings, very old school. <laughs> you can get these pretty cheaply, and so I thought it would be cool to deliver these things with the 3D pictures of my clients. Oh, very cool. Very so, cool. So, um, but I don't have the Kula yet because they're still making them in Iceland. It was a Kickstarter. Oh, yes. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So they haven't delivered it yet, so I'm just waiting for it to be delivered so I can start playing with it. So that's, that's my pick of the week. Oh, fantastic. I saw at WPPI, I don't know if any of, anybody else saw it, there was a 3D um, album. I think Jerry Guionis mm -hmm. had, had put it in at the... Yeah, I saw that at Graphy. Yeah, Graphy had a 3D album, which is kind of neat. So Yeah, and you needed to... That was the, the sort of um, uh, the red and blue kind of 3D, like mm -hmm. the old movies, like Creature from the Black Lagoon. Yeah. Uh, but it was fun. He did a really good job with it. He used uh, the, the depth really well. So yeah. I'm excited to start experimenting with that concept myself. Very cool. Excellent. Very neat pick. All right. Next. So my pick of the week, I guess I, I, I'm going to say it's photography related. Um, and, and I might be stretching when I say that. Um, we'd actually just, and this good timing, because I was thinking of doing this, and I'm happy that these came in this morning. But these are um, little, um, for those that are watching the video, I'm just showing uh, the picture of it. It's a coaster. So a coffee cup coaster or a water cup coaster, but they're custom, so you can have them designed and do whatever you want with them. Um, not to say that you want to do to do that with your client's face on them, but if you want to do them for your studio or something like that with your logo on it or some branding or some inspirational messages, so you can have them by your desk because you're working in the morning. Um, they're really cool. They're from Cafe Press. So cafepress.com. Um, we ordered about uh, 10 of them here for the Sprout offices. So for those that are watching the video, um, it's just our little Sprout logo on it. So it kind of has a nice little branding thing around the office, and it makes us all feel nice as we drink our morning coffee. But again, um, the use case for this is is infinite. Um, you could have your logo. You could have pictures on it. You could do whatever you want on it because you basically upload a file, and they print that file onto the coasters. So uh, we got those in this morning. We were super excited. So that's my pick of the week, cafepress.com. Nice. Very cool. I like those. Expensive, inexpensive, moderately priced. Um, what would you think is expensive for a custom coaster like this? Hmm. I don't know if it was like twenty bucks a piece. They were twelve bucks a piece. So that's good. I think yeah. that's a nice. Not bad. Yeah, that's and they're like, they're they're high quality coasters too, so they're nice. Yeah, those look good. Yeah, excellent. 
We'll have to get some. Uh, we'll have to get some trip weddings coasters. Maybe. Yeah, we should totally. We'll talk to Frederick and say, "Hey, let's get some trip <laughs> wedding coasters." <laughs> All right, Mr. Evans, you froze there for a moment, so let's. So we'll throw it back to you for your for your pick this week. So I searched long and hard for my pick of the week this week, <laughs> and um, but uh, I'm going to plug the the shoot.edit posing guide that they've just come out with. And it's got some good tips in there. And then part of that, um, too, that I'd like to mention is uh, my good friend Dave Lubke that used to uh, be and run Couture Books went to shoot.edit. So I was very sad to see him leave Couture Books because you know, I've talked about on the show that's who I use. But uh, he's now over at shoot.edit, and he's a great guy. Um, so they're very, very lucky to have him. So uh, I thought that would be appropriate to uh, plug their posing guide this week. Yeah, I downloaded it just yesterday myself. I haven't had a chance to read through the whole thing, but it looked uh, it looked pretty good. So if you're looking for some posing inspiration, we'll we'll put a link to uh, to that in the show notes for this episode. So excellent pick. Well, my pick this week is a freebie, so it's not going to cost you anything. Um, just like Robert's pick, uh, it's, it's a freebie, um, and that's uh, if you're into presets and things like that for uh, for Lightroom, uh, Visco Films. Uh, for anybody who's kind of wanting that bit of that film look, um, they released a series of free um, film presets for Lightroom. So if you're if you've been curious about trying their product out, you're not sure. You've seen a lot of people, you know, with that film look to their to their images um visco film released a, a free set of presets for lightroom so you can check those out i think they, they include like three or four film emulations um in in the free sample and then if you like what you see of course you can look at, at the other you know film presets that they that they look at so that's about film i think it would be good to have a future show about film awesome. talk to some film shooters do any of you guys shoot film do not. I shoot Fuji film, cameras, but not film. <laughs> and of course, I shot film for many years before I switched to digital. So yeah. I'm familiar with it. Do you do you dabble in any film? Every days? once in a while, <clears throat> I still have my Hasselblad, so I'll break those out every once in a while and shoot my Hasselblads. But uh, for more than not, I shoot digital most of the time now. Yeah. How about you, Stephen? Do you shoot any film? No. Everybody thinks I shoot film, just <laughs> because you know I'm I'm not a, a kid. And so they think I've been in the business for like 30 years, but I've only been in the business for like 10 years. I shot film back in college. We won't discuss how long ago that was, but that was just... Uh, <laughs> it could have just been yesterday for all we know. I mean, That's true. That's so true. But um, uh, as a matter of fact, I, I went to Rhode Island School of Design and they really tried to push me into the photo program. And uh, I ended up going into illustration and painting instead. I probably should have gone into photography back then. Now, that, that would mean I'd have like 30 plus years experience, but um, I, I started with digital about 10 years ago. Excellent. Well, very good. Well, those are all great picks this week. Uh, again, just go to the website and we'll have links to all our picks there. So moving on to our next uh, topic, which is our listener question. And each week we choose a listener question to answer on the show. And this week we've got a question came in from Tom Simone, hopefully. I pronounced your last name correctly, Tom. And Tom asks, I sometimes get asked by brides and mothers of the bride whether I can airbrush them thinner or something along those lines. I can do this, but I think what they're really saying is they're not confident in the way they look. I've been photographing weddings for five years, but still get caught off guard by this question. Do you have any advice? And this could probably apply to anybody. We probably, have, I've had this request from, from grooms even, um, you know, that they want to look, you know, can you Photoshop me to make me look such and such. So how do you guys deal with this one? Maybe, uh, Robert, I'm going to start with you on this one. 
Well, of course, I would say yes. Um, I think the thing that you need to be careful of is uh, if they have, you know, like then you say yes to that and then they expect you to retouch hundreds of photos. So I probably would handle it in the way that, you know, like, you know, I'll put your images up online, you know, I, I do my raw processing and I make them look pretty. And then once we pick the images for the album, then we'll go through and we'll look at those images and we can see which images you want retouched. You know, I'm happy to, you know, fix a couple of them for you if it makes you uncomfortable at no charge, but <clears throat> it is a little bit time consuming. And if it gets to be a lot of them, then, you know, I will have to charge you for retouching. And I think the most important thing is to address that right away. Um, say yes, and you're happy to do it and give them a, f a couple of free things or whatever you want to do. Um, but if you get caught where you said yes, and then now they want every single one of their arms liquefied and their chins, double chins liquefied and fixed, and, you know, that's a lot of work and it's a lot of your time. So just get in front of it, say yes, you know, obviously uh, client's always right, but then, you know, just address it early. Excellent. Steven, how about you? What advice uh, would you give to I actually have to pretty much agree with Robert on that. I did one of my first weddings that I did for these two grooms. One of the grooms had a blemish on his cheek, uh, and he asked me to get rid of the blemish, and I said, sure. And then all of a sudden it was like, okay, so before you upload all 700 pictures, get rid of the blemish on my cheek. And that was, and I did it because I was just starting off, and I figured that's what I was supposed to do, and that took forever. Uh, so, so I agree with Robert on this one that uh, uh, it, it's a good approach to uh, sort of narrow it down to the images that are going to be in the album um, or images that they're buying as a print and then, you know, specifically ask if they need any retouching requests on those images. Otherwise, you're just going to be stuck doing hundreds and hundreds of blemishes, which is not fun. Yeah. Well, and then, uh, <laughs> you know, that's a pretty easy fix. But if they if they wanted it, you know, again, if I had a client say I want you to do it to all go through all 700 of my proofs before you upload it, then I would say, you know, I do the I do that in the album for free, you know, like because that's a really 10 second per each image. But if if it were for each proof, then I would also charge for it. I would just you know even figure like all right, it's going to take you an hour to go through and you know do that. So you know come up with a price that you know, like. Well, it's going to be 100 bucks at least. You're you know getting something or whatever you want to charge. It's your decision. But. Right. 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 Yeah. But, but don't get caught into having to do it for every single image there. It, right. it just it's just not fair to use the photographer. They're taking advantage at that point because they have a vanity issue. Yeah. Right. Brian, how about you? What, uh, have you got any advice? Yeah, I mean, I, I would echo um, what the guys are saying. Um, I think a lot of it comes down to, I mean, we've talked about this a ton on the show, setting expectations and, you know, like what our clients think they'll be getting. And for me, I'm really intentional about that from the very first point of contact where I say the proofs that you get up front are just proofs. They are color corrected, they are density corrected, and they are white balance corrected. Basically saying they look pretty good for you to look at, but they're not going to be what I call retouched. And I make a point of having that conversation with the client right up front because I don't want them to expect that I'll be liquefying or doing, you know, cloning and stamping and all those kinds of things um, for the proofs. So I think expectations are a big thing. But I also think if we even um, sort of go a step further than that, for me, like I get that all the time, right? If I'm at a wedding, someone's like, oh, make me look thinner. I always kind of bring it into an education thing for that person that's asking where I say, um, you know the saying that the camera puts on 10 pounds, 20 pounds, whatever it is. And they're always like, yeah, I always look, you know, chunky in photos, whatever it is. And, and then I always say, well, the wrong camera puts on 
10 to 20 pounds. And then I go further and I say, it's the wrong photographer that puts on 10 to 20 pounds. I say the right photographer can actually make you look much better than info. I don't say it that way, but it's, it's the whole idea that with some posing with some intent behind the photograph, we all know that we can make people look amazing in photographs. And so I, I like to frame it that way where I say, um, when I'm done with you as a photographer, um, whether it's my bride that's asking or a mother of the bride or a family portrait client, um, I say, you're not going to, you're not going to need me to retouch these because they're going to look so beautiful because I really pay a lot of attention to posing and making sure that everything is set up in a flattering way. So I want to have that discussion up front, but then also if that question comes up on a wedding day where I'm saying, um, I'm, I'm more of a purist photographer and I'm not going to overly retouch your stuff. I'm going to make you look good in camera. And that's, that's ultimately the goal that I think we should all be striving for as opposed to making up for our mistakes in post. Yep. I agree. I, I take a very similar approach with our couples as well as, you know, it's all about the lighting and the posing. Yep. And those are things that we even, we kind of lay that foundation going back as far as the engagement shoot, right? The engagement session is kind of that perfect opportunity to kind of work on some of those things. And if they, if they do have any um, issues or body issues or vanity issues, you know, those are some things we'll find out about during the engagement session and then find ways to kind of minimize it and, um, you know, make sure that we're posing them in a, in a flattering you know, in a flattering way. And, um, you know, I mean, sometimes you, you can do all you can do, but if they, you know, maybe they've chosen just a dress that doesn't fit properly. Like I've had that before where a bride picked a dress and it just didn't fit right. And it, you know, mm -hmm. so you have to find ways to kind of pose them so that, you know, it's kind of maybe hiding some of the, you know, ill-fitting parts of the dress, um, you know, or not having them maybe just choose to not have them sitting because something bunched up or, you know, things like that. So it's paying attention to those little details. I've had a lot of times when people say that, oh, you can Photoshop me, right? They're just joking. Sometimes they just, they want to break the ice there. It's a way of kind of dealing with being nervous in front of the camera. And so that's usually something that they just think photographers will find funny if they say, and it'll break the ice. So sometimes they don't actually mean it sometimes they're just i find this just a, a way of dealing with the nervousness of being in front of the camera okay can i maybe i, I have i have just a thought like maybe like a, a sort of like a a message to our industry um just just like in echoing all that we're saying here i think a lot of the times it's really easy for a photographer to take pretty pictures of flowers you know <laughs> think that they that they're a good photographer and then want to become a wedding photographer um, and, and I don't think that there's anything wrong with new photographers coming into our industry. I think it's amazing. Um, I just really want to encourage photographers to like practice the basics, like, you know, learn to walk before you run type of thing, or what is it? Learn to crawl before you walk, whatever the saying is, um, you know, like, like learn those basics. Like if you, if, if you get out there on a wedding day and you've never posed a couple before, you don't know how to do, you know, flattering posing. If you don't know how to light properly for different face shapes and different body types, if you don't know that you shouldn't put a plus size bride sitting or whatever, whatever it is that makes people look good. If you haven't really practiced or understand those things, I'd really encourage you to get out there and practice those before you put yourself in front of a client because then you're going to find yourself in the situation where you've got to now make up for those mistakes in post and you're going to spend an hour trying to, to liquefy or retouch a client in, in what you could have done in 30 seconds with the proper posing technique in camera. So I would just want to encourage photographers to you know really make sure that you get out there and learn the basics. Let's not sort of get ahead of ourselves and put the, the, what is it? The cart before the horse. I'm bad with my analogies this morning, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> just, just get out there and practice the basics and really become a master of your craft before you start jumping too deep into the deep end. Excellent. Uh, could I ask you guys your, your, um, as far as this retouching request goes, everybody's referring to 
uh, posed images, but uh, do you have a different way of approaching the candidates and the ceremony shots and things like that, uh, where you can't, you know, really have a lot of uh, control over the lighting and the posing? Because that's generally where I get the most requests for getting rid of like double chins or, mm -hmm. you know, the lighting was horrible and, um, and, and that's where I end up doing all of my uh, Photoshop work usually. So do you guys take a different approach to those sorts of images? For me, um, I, I actually, I mean, obviously you can't control where they're at, where they're standing, those kinds of things. But I still feel like creatively we still have a lot of, um, we can have a lot of control in terms of if the light, you know, from this certain angle is really bad, then, then I'll always move myself and I'll change the angle or I'll shoot something in the foreground that crops out part of the body. If it's the ceremony, for example, that ends up looking bad. Um, or I'll, you know, use a different lens, a, a, a longer lens that is better with compression. So it's not going to be as, as unflattering. So I'll still make a lot of creative decisions, even if I can't control the posing itself. Obviously, mm -hmm. I'm not going to jump in during a first kiss and be like, when you guys lean in, can you make sure that you <laughs> stick your chins out so you don't, you know, I'm not going to go to that extent. Obviously, I've actually seen photographers do that and I would not recommend it. Um, but I mean, I'll still do what I can to to get the best image in camera. And then from there, I mean, if there's nothing I can do from there, then obviously I'm, I may have to. But I'll still set the expectation that I'm not retouching the proofs. If you want them right. retouched, you can you can pay per, per file. Or if you get an album, then I'll be retouching them for the album. Right. Okay. And I would, I mean, candid-wise, to just address that issue, I don't think I would let that affect, you know, that's all about the moment and the organicness okay. of it. I'm going to just shoot the image and worry about it later. I think because I've said this too, Brian kind of talked about it, because I've shot film, I try to do it right the first time and get it right in camera and, you know, not have to do much later, or, you know, Photoshop or whatever is used when I can't, you know, there's an exit sign that I can't or a light switch that I just can't keep out of the shot, then I will get rid of it later. But otherwise I try to do it. And especially shooting cannons, I'm not even probably in most cases thinking about my background. I mean, yes, a little bit, but you know, you want to shoot the moment and capture what's happening. So I'm not necessarily, I'm focused on that. You know, I'm sort of dialed right into that couple. Yeah. All right. Excellent. Just, just curious. Yeah. Excellent. All good, all good advice. So hopefully that helps answer or give Tom some direction there. Um, again, we want to hear from you guys. So if you have questions for the show, just head on over to thisweekinphoto.com and leave your questions and comments uh, on blog post, or you can just email us at twipwed at thisweekinphoto.com. All right. So before we get into our main discussion, um, I just want to take uh, the opportunity here to thank our sponsor for this episode, Animoto. This episode of Trip Weddings is made possible in part by our newest sponsor, Animoto. Head over to animoto.com forward slash tripweddings and use the promo code tripweddings to get 15% off an Animoto Pro account. In today's connected and visual world, video is a necessity. All of the social media platforms now allow video. People are using this as a powerful way to stand out from static photos. Facebook CEO Mark Zuckerberg predicts that video will be the primary form of communication on Facebook within five years. With video, you can better engage with your customers, drive more traffic to your website, and boost your company image. Learning how and spending the time and money to create compelling videos is expensive and takes a long time. Enter Animoto. Animoto is a drag-and-drop video builder that gives you everything you need to produce professional videos in minutes. You just need a logo and some photos or video clips. Pro features include over a thousand commercially licensed songs for you to use, courtesy of Triple Scoop Music. 
Animoto has partnered with respected photographers, including Kelly Brown, Jerry Gionis, Tamar Lackey, and more, to provide you with exclusive professionally designed video styles. Have your own logo? Replace the Animoto branding with your own. Create unlimited HD videos and share your videos on your website, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and email. You can even download and burn your videos to DVD. There's also a Lightroom plugin. So Animoto is more than just a slideshow. Tell a story, create a mood, and market your photography business with video. No video editing experience is needed. Blend video clips and photos seamlessly into one video without any extra work. You can create your first video in 10 minutes, less than the time it takes to get your favorite caffeinated drink. Animoto also has a free trial, so it's risk-free to try. Try Animoto today for free and join the thousands of photographers who are already using Animoto to stand out from the crowd. Just head over to animoto.com slash tripweddings and use the promo code tripweddings to get 15% off an Animoto Pro account. Okay, I want to, you know, thanks uh, thanks to Animoto again for sponsoring this episode. And I uh, want to jump into our uh, jump into our main discussion um, this week. And again, we brought Stephen on this week because he specializes, you know, in in same-sex weddings. And um, you know, marriage equality, it's it's a pretty hot topic um, these days. And you know, as more and more countries are are embracing marriage equality, kind of a whole new market of wedding photography is is emerging. So, uh, you know, I met uh, I met Stephen at uh, WPPI this year, and you did a, a talk at uh, Kevin Kubota's Photographers uh, Ignite. Mm-hmm. So, tell us a little bit about that and uh, kind of how how you came to do that to do that presentation. Oh, okay. Well, um, I got the call for entries from Photographers Ignite, and um, I just felt that it was time to sort of bring this issue up at, uh, I don't believe there had up until that point ever been any discussion of marriage quality at WPPI uh, in any of the public forums, and I thought that was silly. <laughs> it was time to sort of talk about that. Um, and I also, actually at that moment, literally the, the day I made my little tape to send out, my little audition tape, uh, was the first I heard of some of these uh, religious freedom laws that were going up uh, and being proposed in the states uh, where photographers would uh, be allowed to discriminate against gay people if uh, they were opposed to same-sex weddings. And so I wanted to sort of at least obliquely discuss that. I mean, I only had five minutes to talk about it, but I just wanted to make sure that other photographers knew that it was a wonderful thing to work with same-sex couples and that it could I- expand your business and it was good for your heart and good for your soul to see these uh, these terrific couples, um, especially the long-term couples who have been together for 30 or 40 years. It's very inspiring uh, to work with those clients. And so, uh, so that's why I wanted to give the talk. Excellent. Yeah, it was a really good talk, and it's uh, it's up online, so we'll put a link to that if, if anybody wants to see your talk um, from Photographers Ignite. It was really, really good. I really enjoyed it. So obviously, marriage equality, it's it's a hot-button topic these days. Um, so we've got kind of a representation here from Canada and from, and from the States, so I think we can talk a little bit about what our experiences are in our own countries, and maybe you know kind of what's happening in other countries around the world. But let's talk a little bit about kind of what's the state of marriage equality in in the U.S. right now. And there's some things going through the Supreme Court, um, kind of as we're recording this, that that, re- that pertain very, <laughs> very much to this. Uh, very directly, yeah. That the um, the arguments were just yesterday in front of the Supreme Court uh, for uh, two cases. One case has to do with whether 
uh, I believe states are required to issue same-sex wedding uh, licenses, and the other is whether states are uh, should be required to um, um, if somebody is married out of state, uh, whether they have to say that that's the, that uh, marriage is legal in their state as well. So, uh, so, so. so right now in the states, just so for those who, who aren't familiar with kind of the law, it's on a state-by-state -state basis, is that correct, or is it? Okay, so uh, there are different um, benefits to marriage that come from the state and come from the federal government. Now, uh, as of, I guess it was 2012, when the Defense of Marriage Act was uh, overturned, essentially, by the Supreme Court, then uh, federal rights are available to any same-sex couple who gets married. So you could get, let's say you live in a state that doesn't have same-sex uh, marriage, uh, you can go to a state that has it, and you can get married there, and you will get the federal benefits, which include things like Social Security and, and uh, stuff like that. Um, however, if you live in a state that doesn't have same-sex marriage, then you don't get the state benefits that are associated with marriage, uh, which actually vary from state to state, but uh, include things like hospital visitation or um, you know, being able to uh, put your name on a lease with somebody else or things like that. So, um, so that's, that's the current breakdown. I believe there are currently 36 or 37 states that have same-sex marriage, that uh, have marriage equality, and the rest are, at the moment, uh, they don't have them. So, uh, so that's sort of where it stands as far as I know in the states right now. Okay. What about, uh, I'll ask uh, Robert and Brian, kind of what's your, what's been your experiences with, uh, with same-sex weddings? And, you know, is it, is it allowed in your, where you're currently residing? I know we're, both Brian and I are in Canada, where we've had the Marriage Equality Act uh, in place since, I think, 2005. And again, it used to be based provincially, but now it's, you know, it's across Canada. So, but uh, what about where you guys are? Maybe talk a little bit about your experiences. Robert, how about, what's been your yeah, I mean, I have studios both in California and in Minnesota, and it's legal in both states. Um, I myself have done two or three uh, same-sex weddings, uh, all of them men, so I've never done two women. Um, and But the, <clears throat> well, the biggest one I did was I shot Preston Bailey's wedding when he got married. Um, but to me, I mean, I just give you my interpretation. Oddly, the other one in California was also a wedding planner there. Um, but my interpretation, especially when I did the first one, uh, was that it was no different than any other wedding. It just happened to be two men instead of a man and a woman. Everything I experienced uh, and saw was exactly the same. You know, I saw the same love. I saw the same emotion. I saw the same things. Um, so to me, it was no different. And, you know, it's one of those issues that I kind of thought, like, well, you know, why is everybody making a big deal out of it? But, you know, I, the politics, and we don't need to get into that. But um, but I, I, you know, I enjoyed them. Um, and I would assume uh, photographing two females getting married would be the same. I mean, it's going to be no different. Yeah. Brian, how about you? What's been your uh, experiences thus far in terms of same-sex weddings? Yeah, so so Bruce, you and I are in Canada, so I'm actually, um, I'm by Niagara Falls. I'm about 20 minutes from Niagara Falls, so I think being um, in Niagara Falls and being that we're in Canada where um, we have the equality, um, we do have a fair number of same-sex weddings here in the region, and also because Niagara Falls is 
quote unquote the honeymoon capital of the world. And anyone that's from that's from Niagara Falls probably cringes when I say that because they're like, oh my gosh, really you're saying that? Um, so I don't know. It's it's seen as this romantic thing to get married by the falls, and because we have equality here, we do have a lot of same sex couples that come up here. So I've photographed maybe maybe 15 of them. Um, Funny enough, I've only photographed two women, and I haven't had an opportunity to photograph <clears throat> two men. Um, but, you know, exactly the same as what Robert said. For me, it's no different. Like, I, I am a wedding photographer. I photograph stories, and I photograph people in love. And whether they're two men, two women, a, a man and a woman, whatever it is, I don't know any other combination I guess you could think of. <laughs> um, for, for me, it's it's all the same thing. The moments are the same. Uh, there's still people um, there's still a relationship, there's still stories, there's still people that are surrounding them on their wedding day that are full of happiness and laughter and joy and love and, and emotion. And for me, that doesn't make a difference. And so um, when I get a call, and, and I've actually, I've been asked point blank on some of my couples, my same-sex couples that have, uh, that have you know, called me and they say, well, you know, you don't, you don't have a ton in your portfolio of that. And they say, what are your thoughts on that? And I'm like, for me, it's no different. And I mean, of course, there's going to be things, I mean, photographing um, two suits versus, you know, two dresses versus uh, a dress in a suit, whatever it is. Um, obviously, there's technical um, challenges in that. But for me, uh, from a photography standpoint, I view it the exact same way. So I have had the chance to do it, and I love it when I do it. Yeah, I've had, I've shot two, so one of each. So I've had um, two guys and two girls. And I think my experience with them has been that the, the actually is probably the most outpouring of love and the closeness of family and friends mm -hmm. has been probably the greatest at same sex weddings as opposed to heterosexual weddings. Um, and I, you know, I don't know why that is. Maybe there's, they've been through a lot as a family and a family unit and their friends. And it just seemed like they, they were a lot more intimate and they were a lot, closer and there just seemed to be a lot more emotion in at least in the two that I experienced in the two that I've photographed. Hmm. Um, so that's been my experience, but other, I'm, I'm much like, like Brian, I just, and, and Robert, I just, I treat it. It's a wedding. Um, you know, we get that question from, you know, all we get, you know, a lot of ethnic couples will come to us and say, well, you don't, you haven't shot such and such a wedding. I said, well, every wedding is unique. Every wedding is different. So of course I'm not going to have your wedding in my portfolio. I haven't shot your wedding yet. So, you know, when I get that question, that's how I kind of approach it and say, look, you know, every wedding is, is different. It's actually good that I haven't shot a lot of those because I'm going to bring a fresh energy and a fresh set of eyes um, mm -hmm. to it. But I think we're, we're going to talk about some of the, you know, there are some differences definitely. And there are some challenges yeah. and some yeah. things I, to think I, about. I would, so. I, I would have to say there are, from my experience, I've shot 87, as I mentioned, same-sex weddings, and maybe it's because I deal with a lot of couples who come from out of town and come from uh, parts of the country where they can't really be open about who they are, that I have actually noticed uh, a lot of, of differences between working with uh, my straight couples and working with some of my same-sex couples. Um, uh, I have uh, couples who are much less likely to... Uh, do public displays of affection who are, um, you know, a lot of times I will uh, take a couple around here in, in my neighborhood in Brooklyn who come from uh, a really conservative area of the country. Uh, and they're unsure about, uh, you know, posing. It's, it takes more time to get them comfortable. And invariably in my neighborhood, somebody will come up and it's like, boy, are you guys getting married? And you can see the couples kind of freeze up and flinch a little because, they're preparing themselves for being uh, taunted or possibly 
attacked, you know, uh, and then the, the, the person in the street will come up and congratulate them and, and a lot of times will give them a hug. I had uh, one woman who serenaded a couple, sang at last to them. She was fabulous and we all cried. Uh, <laughs> and, um, uh, and then you can see this weight drop off the clients uh, and, and all of a sudden they realize they're in a welcoming and friendly place and they start to relax and they start to be more intimate with each other in front of the camera. Uh, so, um, so that's one of the differences. And another difference that I uh, come up against a lot is at larger weddings, uh, quite often the parents of one of the couples one of one of the uh, half of the couple will not be there will not be supportive or an entire family will not be supportive and you have to deal with these very um sort of lopsided uh family groups you know will there be like one cousin for one groom and like 50 people for the other groom uh and you have to be really sensitive to those sorts of issues and um so that sort of stuff crops up a lot um, and then there are also lots of issues within the posing. I wouldn't call them issues, but you, you have to be sensitive to things like uh, gender expression. Uh, I, I like to really kind of encourage uh, sort of fluidity of gender expression in my couples. Um, you have to be really careful not to assign gender roles, you know, not to think of one as the girl and one as the boy uh, in the posing. Um, so there are uh, all sorts of things around that as well. I, I could go on and on, but I mean, at least from my experience, um, and, and, and maybe it's because I'm, I'm gay myself, I am just sort of more uh, sensitive to those sorts of issues, and, and uh, I use that to try to pull out the most authentic images I can from the clients. So, so yeah. that's, that, that's my take on it. That's interesting. The, safe, the kind of the safety issue was was an interesting one. I'd, I'd asked you for some you know directions, some talking points for today, and you you're trying to put together some presentations that you want to be able to do as either That's webinars right, yes. and, and presentations. Okay. And and I, I hadn't really thought about the safety thing. I think we've probably all encountered, even with our you know with with heterosexual couples, we've probably all run into a situation where there's been you know something somebody in the public that just interferes, you know, as you're doing the session. And I hadn't considered this, the, the safety aspect, but that's an, that's an interesting one. Have, have any of you ever had a situation, whether it was with a same sex couple or even just a, a, a heterosexual couple where there's been, you know, a taunting or harassment or something while you're out in public doing, you know, while you're shooting Stephen, I'll, I'll start with you. Have you encountered that? You, you mentioned there's some good things that have happened, but have you right. had some, I've only, had, I've only had one instance out of all of those weddings where I ran into a problem. I was working with a, a lesbian couple doing couple shots in Central Park, uh, and these two teenage boys came over, and they were like, are you two getting married? And I was, you know, expecting them to have a positive response. And then when we said yes, they started, you know, using really horrible language and, um, you know, taunting the, the women. And, uh, you know, we tried to get them to leave and we said we were going to call the police and I had my assistant pull out the phone uh, and, um, uh, and and one of the brides came over and tried to talk to them and, and to get them to be more respectful and eventually they walked away when we pulled out the phone and started to call the police but then they came back like two minutes later and they were like we're not leaving until we watch the girls make out which was like really disgusting and see the thing you know, we, we were trying to get the, the police at that point, but the, um, 
one of the brides they didn't take into account one of the brides was uh in the army <laughs> was oh. was so she walked over in her wedding gown and uh i'm gonna have to paraphrase here because there was some swearing involved but <laughs> yeah, try to keep, keep our clean tag <laughs> keep it clean keep it clean uh but she went over and um uh she she said are you effing kidding me are you effing kidding me she got right into his face it's like I'm gonna take my heel off and shove it off your your butt so far it's gonna come out your nose. You don't think I'm gonna do it, punk? You don't think I'm gonna do it, punk? She all of a sudden became like Clint Eastwood, and and they totally freaked out, and they they literally they ran away. Really. So it was like, thank God for her, really. I said, you're my hero. Can you come yeah. with me on all of my weddings just to protect <laughs> us? Uh, so, um, so anyway, my advice is to, uh, when you're working with same-sex couples, and particularly if you're in a part of the country that is not welcoming and is not supportive, uh, is to make sure that uh, your clients are aware that you might be in a public place, and if they're not comfortable with that, to make sure that you go to a private place try to find a place away from other people to do the couple shots uh, and make sure that you have on speed dial the local police. Uh, I, it's awful to have to say that, but it's really, really a necessity, especially if you're dealing, uh, if you're working in a part of the country where, you know, it's not as safe and not as, as welcoming. Yeah, it's unfortunate that, yeah, that is you know, the world that we live in. Um, have, how about uh, Brian, Robert, have you guys ever encountered situations, whether it was a same-sex wedding or a heterosexual wedding, where you've had kind of a moment of, like, uh-oh, you know, this, there's a problem here? I've never had anyone ever bother me, <clears throat> you know, the occasional cat call or horn honk or something like that when you're doing it. So, um, no. It's even good. Brian, how about you? Yeah. Nope, never had it. I mean, being... Being here in Niagara, where that's totally perfectly fine, and you see it all the time, or not all the time, but you see it, it's not abnormal to see that. It's uh, no, never had an issue. No, yeah. We've only had one, maybe two incidents that I can think of where just, and again, it was mostly just kind of dumb teenagers, I think, just with nothing better to do. And, and it was, a, you know, it wasn't a same sex wedding, it was just a heterosexual wedding. And of course, they were coming along and, oh, can I get in the photos? And, you know, kind of taunting and making some fun. And then, of course, the groom said something that, you know, then it kind of escalated a little bit. And I found I ended up having to kind of get between the groom and this and this kid and say, look, we don't have time for this. Just you know, move along. If you don't mind, we're trying to, you know, trying to get some photographs here. Just move on. So I just tried to do the best I could to kind of diffuse the situation without, you know, creating any more tension or creating any more anxiety. Cause I could see the, the bride was getting very like agitated by this and I didn't want her upset and everything. So I had to try to like diffuse the situation and make sure there was no fisticuffs and these, these times, these types of things happen. At <laughs> weddings. So, I love that word, fisticuffs. Yeah, so, so that was good. But yeah, definitely, I think certainly that's something to consider. You have to take in, you know, take into account where you live, you, the area that you are, just and the comfort level of, of the couple that you're working with. And because I've even had like heterosexual couples that just aren't confident and and they don't feel comfortable with PDAs and and whatnot in in yeah, a public sure, place where other people are watching, right? So that's just I think you take that in consideration for all for all your couples. So yeah, that's true. Although with your same-sex couples, you have to try to figure out where that discomfort is coming from because if you know that it's coming from that they live in a place where they can't walk hand-in-hand hand without fearing retribution, uh, that that's a, an easier thing to uh, sort of shake out of them 
uh, by showing that they're in a welcoming place than, uh, say, if you're dealing with a couple that are just aren't confident in how they look and are just really sort of generally shy about being out in public. Uh, so, uh, so sort of figuring out why they're feeling uncomfortable and where that's coming from, it can help you sort of uh, um, loosen them up a little bit. Yeah. Now you mentioned um, some posing things. Um, let's just give a few tips, some advice maybe for posing. You mentioned there's some differences, uh, you know, when you're working with a same-sex couple potentially. Yeah. I mean, What's it's not advice? really, it's not rocket science as far as the posing goes, um, but uh, um, it had been mentioned, I think, uh, um, Brian mentioned the, the two suits issue. Mm -hmm. um, uh, when you're dealing with two guys who are both wearing tuxedos, um, uh, those, all that black can, can tend to blend together, especially if the lighting is coming from behind. Uh, and it tends to sort of become a big black blob if they're in a sort of close, intimate pose. Uh, and so, you know, I just use a lot of side lighting I bring in lighting, and, and especially when I'm doing the couple shots, to make sure there is some sort of separation, there's some sort of edge light to separate the, the jackets. Also, um, I will have a, one of the grooms take off their jacket if they're wearing a white shirt, which they usually are, and that can create that same sort of contrast that you would otherwise have with a bride and a groom. Um, so, so that works a lot. Um, also, another trick for me, uh, is uh, if the uh, grooms are wearing white shirts under their tuxedos or a white vest under their tuxedos, I'll have them both unbutton their tuxedo jackets and then I'll sort of pose them at 45 degrees angles facing each other so that white blends together and you have this nice white stripe going down the middle, which is actually very slimming, uh, and it makes them both look really good. And it's, it's a nice sweet pose to have them sort of, sort of posed in towards each other. <laughs> um, and then one other thing I do is that sometimes I will use the, uh, uh, the black tuxedos as a ground. I will purposely light it, like put them in front of a window. And so all that black blends together on purpose. And I'll use that as a background for beautiful hand gestures and things. So, uh, you know, I, I will uh, guide them to hold hands or look at the rings or, or things like that. Um, so, so those are some of the things that I've come up with to deal with the, the two suits. Two dresses are less of a problem. And to be honest with you, I've done about uh, maybe 35 or 40 lesbian weddings, and I've only had two weddings where they've been wearing dresses, white dresses. It's, it's almost always, for me anyway, either cocktail dresses or, uh, or suits or things like that. But when I've been dealing with two white wedding gowns, um, I follow a lot of those same rules with the side lighting and, and everything. But, uh, you know, being that white is reflective, you can still see the edges between the dresses. It's, it's less apparent with suits. So it's not as much of an issue for me uh, in, in that situation. So... And the other little thing I would, the, the boutonnieres, boutonnieres drive me crazy. <laughs> <laughs> so here's the thing. Boutonnieres were designed essentially so that there would be something that the groom was wearing that would match the bouquet. That's, that's their purpose, right? Um, and it usually it goes over the hearts. Usually it goes over on, on the, the left <laughs> lapel. Um, but when you have two guys and, and both of the boutonnieres are on the left side, you do pose them next to each other and it becomes very lopsided. So usually I tell my uh, uh, male couples who are doing the boutonnieres to do opposite sides. And, uh, and, but the best thing I've been able to come up with, and one of 
my couples did this and I thought it was brilliant is their boutonnieres were attached with magnets. Mm. Every florist I say, come up with boutonnieres with magnets because you can take them off and swap them around uh, and, and you can balance those pictures out a lot more easily because if they're both on the same side, it looks terrible. Yeah, I love when there's magnets on the boutonnieres because inevitably somebody gets stuck with a pin and then they end up bleeding and then they bleed on the shirt. <laughs> yes, and then, then they bleed on the shirt. Yeah, right. And there's, there's some extra Photoshop work for yeah. you right there. <laughs> exactly. exactly. <laughs> Robert, how about you? Do you have any um, sort of advice or tips or things uh, in terms of working with same-sex couples from the posing um, standpoint? Um, you know, I wondered about that when I did my first one, um, but it, it seemed like it came very naturally. Uh, I mean, I do kind of mix up a lot of what I do between organic and a little bit opposed. Um, I have not run into any of those issues, but I haven't done the amount of weddings that Stephen has um, as far as same-sex weddings goes. And so it's been really, really interesting listening to you know, his take on it, you know, since he has much experience doing it. Um, <clears throat> I did have a question, Stephen, that I think yeah, was, yeah, sure. um, to our listeners. Um, if somebody wants to get into doing more same-sex weddings, um, you know, what should some of the steps that they could take? Uh, what are some of the things they could do? Like, what tips might you have? Uh, well, as far as marketing to the community goes? Yeah, I guess marketing. So, then, you know, enable yourself, you know, because obviously there was like, I, I know when they were talking about it, there's all this big hype, like, oh, it's going to be all this extra work because, you know, of same-sex same sex couples now being able to get married. So um, I haven't seen, obviously, a huge influx of that, but you might have to market to it. So that's kind of what the tip Right, right. right. Well, I mean, um, I guess... <clears throat> I guess the first thing I would say is to make sure that you are using gender-neutral language in your, uh, in your marketing materials uh, on your website. Um, that is something that your uh, straight clients aren't really going to notice, but your gay clients will pick up on. Uh, so uh, to uh, actually, it's a little touchy, but to avoid words on your website like bride, uh, because, you know, when, when my husband and I were looking for wedding vendors, uh, it got to be really tiring to, to keep seeing all of these websites that were addressed to the bride uh, and signing contracts where it says bride and groom. And it's like mm -hmm. the first time it was like, oh, yeah, honey, are you the bride this time or an I? And you laugh about it. But the 10th time, you just want to smack someone. So right. it just gets really, really annoying. So what is your suggestion specifically for that wording? Uh, well, instead of just use uh, use words like couple or your intended or your fiance or there are there are all sorts of ways of going about using gender neutral terms. But the the real challenge though is from an SEO standpoint, you have to have the word bride on your website because your straight couples are going to be searching under the word bride. So you have to come up with clever ways of incorporating that word. Uh, without, while well, still saying gender neutral. Like uh, on my site, I have a line where I say, we uh, welcome all couples, brides and brides, brides and grooms, or grooms and grooms. And there I get the word bride three times in one sentence. So, <laughs> uh, so that helps with my SEO. Uh, but, um, you know. What about the word same sex couple? Is that important? Uh, well, you know, from a search term, um, were people more people search for gay weddings than they do for same-sex weddings or LGBT weddings or LGBTQ weddings or all of that. So from the SEO standpoint, you're better off incorporating the word gay wedding somewhere in there. But actually, 
even though people search for it, I think they prefer to see terms like same-sex weddings. In, in, uh, when I write, I use the terms LGBT or LGBTQ. When I speak, though, I usually use same-sex or gay weddings, you know, when I'm talking about it with clients. Um, so uh, so I would definitely go towards gender-neutral language. As far as your contracts go, you can have, like, three sets of contracts. It's easy just to print out the appropriate contract, whether it says groom, groom, bride, ride, or bride, groom. That stuff is easy. Right. Um, and um, the, the other important thing to get started is to make sure that you have relevant images on your website because the, they've done um, uh, surveys of uh, same-sex couples who are uh, planning to get married, and one of the most important things they're looking for are relevant images on a, on a photographer's website. It's just right. really important that they see gay couples on the site. Uh, and so uh, if you don't, if you, you know, that, that's the sort of catch-22. Right. If you haven't done a gay wedding, how do you get pictures of gay couples, right? And so um, my suggestion is to ask your uh your gay friends, if they'll pose for you, or if they know somebody else who will pose for you, uh, and do an engagement session and get some pictures together and show that you know what you're talking about and you know how to pose and and people. Uh, one of the things that I have noticed with some straight photographers is they tend to pose uh, when they first start. They tend to pose their gay couples like their cousins. Or brothers, you know, and and they don't have the that level of intimacy in the pictures that that uh, their clients are going to be looking for. So that's something that when you're starting, you sort of have to work through and overcome, and and you have to remember that these people have an intimate relationship, and that the pictures are going to have to represent that. Uh, so uh, so get some gay friends or get their friends, and if you don't have any gay friends, for God's sakes, get some gay friends because <laughs> we're awesome. So you should have us in your life, you know. Uh, but um, uh, if if that's not a possibility, I guess you could try Craigslist. I know people who have done that, although that's a little sketchy. So be careful on Craigslist. Um, but you have to have some relevant images on your site. So gender-neutral language and relevant images are the two biggest things that you can uh, do to get started. Um, and also, I find that niche advertising really works very, very well uh, within the community. Um, I don't think that a lot of uh, same-sex couples are necessarily going to the knot or wedding wire to find their their vendors or you know these larger places both of those uh, companies have um, you know gay wedding portals but uh, it just goes to their general group of advertisers and so a lot of times you will go to the gay wedding portal and you click on somebody's name and then you get to a portfolio that has no same-sex couples in it and it's like what the heck uh, so um, and I think that turns a lot of uh, same-sex couples off to those larger um, websites, and they tend to go to the smaller niche websites. Um, and, and I advertise with a lot of them, and I get a lot of business through those. So along those same lines, one more question. Sorry. Yeah, no, yeah. no. no um, <clears throat> what's the one, not, not one question, but um, I wish that, the wedding industry, you know, geared towards same-sex weddings, I wish that this would change, whether it's geared at photographers, geared at the vendors overall. I wish that there's got to be something or more than one thing that you wish would change. Oh, what, what would I wish? 
Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So like as a gay man yourself and yeah. being a part of that industry, what is that, you know, you've got to sit back and you've watched the industry change, but it's still obviously not, you know, where we want it to be, um, you know, where you'd like it to be. I wish that. Oh gosh, I wish. So you're asking me specifically about the photography industry. Photography, photography, but it could be anything within the wedding industry because we touched on the knot, like how you said the knot. You know, what's is there one thing? And if it's, and I don't want to stump you, but is there one thing you're like, I wish that this change would happen, and you know, this would go for. I mean, I guess the one thing that struck me, and it's a tad off topic, but when you talked about, you know, having to still fear in today's world mm-hmm. about public displays of affection. Yeah. Right. Right. You know, like. You don't necessarily think about that. So that was enlightening. You know, like I'm putting myself in in your shoes, so to speak. So is there something else? Well, I just, just in, in very broad terms, you know, what I've wished for my whole life is to live in a world where people aren't discriminated against and they don't have to fear anywhere in the country or in the world just for being gay. And that is changing very quickly. I mean, if somebody had told me 10 years ago that we'd be where we are today, I would have thought they were nuts. So um, I'm happy with the speed that things are changing, uh, but there's always this backlash and now there are these sort of religious freedom laws that are popping up to discriminate against gay people. And it's just sort of, uh, I just wish all that would go away. And I wish that we could all just, uh, you know, just get along and people will be respectful of, uh, of, of different sexual orientations and gender expressions, and it just wasn't an issue. But um, what I'm doing to try to make that happen is by creating pictures of loving couples, because I think pictures are extremely uh, powerful things. And I think that you could talk to your blue in the face to somebody about uh, why it's important uh, for people to have marriage equality and to be respectful of, of all people, uh, and that's not going to have as much impact as a beautiful photo that shows an undeniable love and connection between two people of the same sex. Uh, so that's what I'm doing to sort of push the world towards this ideal place where I would like it to be. Yeah. One, of the, one of the things that really struck me in your presentation at Star Wars Ignite was just yeah. how, how important in terms of capturing this time in our history <laughs> Yes, it is. It is a really it's a it's a remarkable time in our history. Right. If we look back 50, 60 years ago, you know, some of the stuff that was being photographed back then, when, you know, in terms of race and things. Sure. That was Absolutely. very momentous. We're kind of at that same state. Do you think with. with yes, I think that this is this is uh, uh, an important moment in our history as far as uh, just civil rights uh, for uh, LGBTQ people. And um, I think that uh, uh, the pictures that I'm taking and that we're all taking of same-sex couples at this particular point in history are going to be part of the historical record and that 50 years and 100 years from now, people are going to be pulling up these pictures and they're going to, uh, they're going to be in history books. This is an important moment and it's an exciting moment. And it's, I, I would encourage all of the, the listeners uh, to jump on board to be a part of this, to create historical pictures. I mean, when uh, in the past have wedding photographers been in this situation where they can add the historical record to, to make such pictures that are not just important to our clients, but are important to the history of our country. Uh, and so I, it's a truly cool and exciting time to be a wedding photographer and to, and to be able to contribute to the story. 
It was an interesting. I'm curious to get all of you guys' thoughts on on this. Um, I've got two kind of two things I want to ask everybody. You mentioned um, that there's some some movement towards um, religious um, freedom uh, laws where it'll you know vendors who maybe don't necessarily agree. Not you know I don't agree with with their beliefs, but there are some that just don't believe in marriage equality. Um, and there's been some cases where you know same sex couples have gone met with a vendor and the vendors refuse to work with them because it it contravenes their religious ideologies or, or what have you. They just don't feel what's your thought. What are all of your thoughts on that? Um, you know, my, my thought is, look, there's enough of us that if they don't support you, move on. There's somebody else who does and will love you and, and want to work with you and don't, you know, but what are your thoughts on that? I want to get maybe Brian, let's throw, what are your thoughts on that? I'd echo the same thing you said. Um, I mean, for me, uh, you know, I shoot what I shoot, and I don't discriminate against anything, whether that be race, religion, sexual orientation, anything like that. And so, if someone uh, you know looks at my work and connects with it and wants to hire me for it, whatever it is that you're doing, I'm happy to photograph it. Certainly, there are those that are um, you know more opinionated in what they do, and instead of trying to fight it, I'd say move on to someone that you connect with better, that you can get along with, because obviously, if there's a a relational disconnect there in terms of that person not supporting whatever it is that you do or whoever it is that you are, um, you, you, whether you like their work or not, you're not going to want to get along with that person because they just are fundamentally in disagreement with with who you are or what you do and what you believe in. So uh, move on to someone that you can get along with better, I, I would suppose. Yeah. Robert, what about you? What are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean the same thing. I mean, I think if I were, uh, you know, a same-sex couple or any couple, I mean, if I walked into a place that didn't want to serve me, why would I want to be there? Mm -hmm. um, so I would definitely, you know, get out of there. I mean, I think um, in today's world, you know, to even think that there's still people that, you know, don't accept everyone as equal is kind of crazy. Um, but, you know, it is the world that we live in and, you know, things are changing rapidly, like Stephen mentioned. And so we have to deal with it until we get there. I do, um, you know, I do have compassion for those people and, and think like, oh, you know, because I mean, I think being a white male in today's society is probably one of the easiest, you know, things and heterosexual. So, um, you know, it's. I do feel for that. So, but I would just walk away, you know, okay, you don't want to serve me. I'm out, you know, and I think maybe there, maybe there should be uh, some sort of version of Yelp where you give them a nice Yelp over that say that they uh, <laughs> don't service same sex weddings. Um, that'll make them really happy. <laughs> what do you think, Stephen? What are your thoughts on that? All right. So, um, all right. I'm going to have to disagree with you guys on this. So, <laughs> Um, one of the things that you're all saying is that if, uh, if somebody doesn't want to work with you, then you just move on to the next person. And if every place was like, you know, here in Brooklyn, where I think there is a law, there has to be a wedding photographer every 50 feet, or at least, <laughs> at least it feels that way sometimes, then that works perfectly. Uh, however, the, the places where these religious, you know, liberty laws are being, promoted are in extremely conservative parts of the country and very rural parts of the country. So I want to put yourself in the shoes of, say, a gay couple who are living on a farm in a rural community in, uh, in the middle of the Bible Belt, and there's like one photographer and one venue and one florist and one baker for like 200 miles in any direction. Uh, and, um, and they are all you know, conservatives, and they, they disagree with same-sex weddings, and they refuse to serve you. 
uh, it is quite possible that there are people who will not be able to get married even if they legally can get married. It will be practically impossible for them to get married. So I want you to put yourself in their shoes. And I want you to put yourself in the shoes of somebody who lives in even a more populated area in a conservative area who have to go through rejection after rejection after rejection after rejection after rejection because people refuse to work with them. And think about how that would affect your emotional state when you're trying to create what's beautiful time, what, what you want to be a beautiful time in your life. So my feeling is that uh, we have a separation of church and state in this country, uh, and the state cannot interfere with who can go to your church. So if you want to bar people from your church because they don't believe the same things that you believe, then that is perfectly fine because we have the separation of church and state. But the other side of that is the church does not have the right to interfere with uh, uh, public businesses. They, they cannot interfere with things in the public square, and that's the bargain that we have made. And so if you have a public business, if you are serving the public and gay people are part of the public, then you should be required to serve gay people if they come to you. And you know what? If you're opposed to same-sex weddings and, uh, and, and you're being sort of having to, to, to photograph a same-sex couple, it may change your life. You may go in there with one attitude. You may go into it with one attitude and come out of it completely changed. I have, I have actually seen this happen with guests at some weddings I go to where you can tell at the beginning of the wedding there are people who are, who are standing there with their arms crossed and they just are not happy that they're there and they're there under duress. And they just have to watch the ceremony and they relax. And by the end, they're, they're dancing with the couple and they're having a fabulous time. So. I, I really strongly feel that everybody in the public square should uh, should should treat uh, should work with same-sex couples if they come to them. They should not be allowed to say no. So 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 that's my take on it. Yeah, no, and I think it's important that that's you know that's to have your take on this side of the show because again I'm I'm learning a lot and mm. you know like I mean ignorance bigotry and fear, you know, all come from those things. And, and like the example you just gave, when someone's exposed to it and realize like these are just people like I am, they just have, a, you know, a different sexual preference. Um, and many of them that are born that way. Um, you know, I was, both my parents died at a very young age um, and I was raised by my father's sister who was a lesbian. So I grew up with this and, and I witnessed it and, and lived through it and, and you know, so I've been around it and been comfortable with it. And, um, but I've seen the side that you see, you know, as well. And, and, you know, and I think I, I agree with you about the whole religious and separation between church and state, cause it infuriates me too, but we're not here to talk politics. Um, well, I mean, in this case, it's kind of overlaps. It's, yeah, yeah, you know, I agree. The I political agree. is personal in this case. So, right. And I, I definitely agree with you. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it is sad and, and, you know, to, I like I like that you're here to give that side of it. Yeah, a lot of photographers that I have uh, spoken to about this particular issue bring up the, 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 you know, we as photographers like to be able to, if it's not a good fit with the client, we like to be able to feel that we can, you know, pass them along to another photographer who might be a better fit. Uh, for instance, I had a couple come to me once who was like, "We really love your work. We want to, but we want everything in film." 
black and white film. We really like black and white films. Like I don't even have a film camera. I mean, I, I would, I can't do that for you, you know. So I need to to pass you along to somebody else. Um, and and I think that there are lots of valid reasons to say no to a, a client if you don't feel you're going to be able to do a good job for that client basically is what it comes down to. Uh, I, I uh, just don't think that uh, race or religion or sexual orientation or gender expression are valid reasons for saying no to, to a potential client. Um, the, the, the interesting thing is that there are already protections for like race and religion and gender in most places. So even if you say no to a client, because people are like, oh, everybody's going to sue me because now there are laws saying I have to work with gay people. Um, there are already laws that saying you have to work with people of every race, religion, and gender. And, and you could say to a, a client, it's like, I don't think it's a good fit for any of a variety of reasons. And, and they can turn around and say, oh, you know, he said it's not a good fit. You know what that means. He hates Jews, right? right? And then they can turn around and sue you. So there's always that option that could happen, adding um, a, a gender expression and sexual uh, orientation to that list of protected classes is not really going to increase anybody's risk of getting sued. It just is going to protect people. I mean, unless you're purposely planning on uh, 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 discriminating against people based on those situations, in which case I think you should get sued. So there you go. Or not be in business. Yes, <laughs> right. With the right. public, right? Yeah. yeah. No, it's, it's good. I, I learned a lot, you know, about that. It's definitely, a, you know, um, I like to see it changing. It's, it may be different here in Canada where I think we've embraced marriage equality, but there are still, you know, pockets and places where we live that don't embrace it yet, even though, you know, legally it's been accepted. Um, there are still people that, you know, don't believe in it for whatever reasons. Um, I don't agree with them, but that's, you know, that's neither here nor there. Um, we had a really interesting little pre, pre-show chat just about your, your website and whether, you know, separating, uh, if you, if you wanted oh, yeah, to do right. same sex um, weddings, kind of separating that out onto a separate site or mixing uh -huh. it because he said it might scare away your heterosexual couples. What are well, your I thoughts mean, on that? That's a, it's a really, really tough nut. And I, it's hard for me to give advice on something like this because I live in my safe, progressive, accepting, wonderful little borough of Brooklyn. Uh, and so um, I don't have to deal with this at all. But um, if you are in, a, in, in the Bible Belt, if you're some really, really conservative area and you get uh, like half your business comes from a local church that's staunchly opposed to same-sex weddings, then you're in a difficult situation as far as if you want to expand into same-sex weddings, do you put those weddings on your website? And is that going to uh, scare off the this church, say, uh, that, uh, or, you know, that gives you half of your weddings? Uh, and, and I, that's a really tough nut, and I'm not really sure what the best uh, response to something like that is. I, I, I would say if you're young, and you're planning on being in the industry for a long time, uh, then um, I think you need to think ahead. I think you need to think of the future. I think you need to look at the polling. Uh, the polling on same-sex marriage uh, and marriage equality in this country is, is divided very strongly along generational lines. Uh, and so, and, and the people that we're trying to get as clients, 
the marrying age people basically are in their 20s and 30s, and most of them are, are cool with marriage equality, even in more conservative areas of the country. And so if you're thinking forward, then you may lose some business right off, but in the long run, people will look back and they'll, if, if, if you were segregating back in the day, that will count against you in the future. So if, on the other hand, if you're like on the verge of retiring, all right, then maybe you should set up like a separate website or something for your same-sex couples. And, and the other thing to bear in mind, again, if you're in a really conservative part of the country, is do your same-sex couples want you to put any of your pictures up online anyway? Mm -hmm. yeah. um, you know, I run into this all the time here with my couples who come from other parts of the country. Some of my best weddings, the best pictures I've ever taken, I cannot show because the clients put a clause in the contract saying that, please, I will lose my job. I will lose my house. I will, my family will, will shun me if anybody finds out. Can you imagine they're married and they can't tell anybody they're actually married? Yeah, that's, that's really like, sad. You know, crazy. Yeah. So, um, but I am always incredibly respectful of my clients' wishes, particularly when it comes to privacy, uh, because I fully understand that, yes, indeed, they could, they could lose their jobs, or if they have a business, they could lose their clients. Uh, and so, um, it, it, but it's so super frustrating because, you know, when you have these great images that you want to put out and, and that you're really proud of and you can't, mm -hmm. it just kills me when they say that. Yeah. Uh, but, but, you know, it, it's more important that they have a job than I have pictures to put on my website or my blog. So, um, uh, so when you're uh, in a really conservative area, you also have to sort of weigh in whether your clients are going to want to have pictures up online. So it may all be a moot point what you put on your website. Right. Yeah. Good point. Yeah, Robert, you had asked kind of what was what was Stephen's kind of wish. I guess I, my wish for the you know is that someday it'll just be a wedding, and we won't yeah. have to yeah. worry whether it's man and woman, woman and woman, man and man. It's just it'll just be a wedding, and and everybody will just be happy that people are in love and they found each other and. It's a wedding. Yeah. So that would be my wish for, you know, the future is, let's, you know, not It'll have any happen. labels. Yeah. It'll happen. I Maybe not in my lifetime, maybe in my lifetime because things are moving quickly, but it'll happen. It'll happen. Yeah. yeah, that's good. So just to wrap up, Brian had to duck out, um, as, as he always does. He's got important <laughs> meetings and field to meet, so he had to duck out. But just to kind of kind of wrap up, what uh, what would be some parting parting thoughts on, on the topic? Oh my goodness! I didn't. I didn't prepare for parting thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I guess I. Um, um, I would say, uh, as I was saying before, I would just encourage everybody who's listening uh, to embrace this change. Uh, this is a, an amazing thing that's happening, and and to uh, reach out to same-sex couples and to work with them because it, it's a life-changing experience and. Um, I would just I would just strongly encourage people to do that. And I'm gonna I'm gonna make a plug for my uh, uh, I, I give a talk. I have yes. a whole like seminar, which is called the um, dreaded two-headed tuxedo and other observations. And so, if anybody out there would like to host me to come to wherever it is you are to talk on this subject, I can go at length as you've heard. I I do tend to get passionate about this, but um, I'd be more than happy to, uh, to share my insights with you. Uh, and I would love to, to learn from other people about how they're uh, working with same-sex couples in their communities as well. That's awesome. Where can people go to learn more about you or to, to contact you about speaking? 
Sure. Well, uh, you can contact me through my website, which is uh, uh, should be on the little thing underneath me there, but it's uh, www.stevenrosenphotography.com. That's www.stevenrosenphotography.com, and Stephen is spelled with a B. Uh, and um, you can email me directly through that, um, and I'm more than happy to answer any questions that people might have, and I would love to come in and, and give my talk for you guys if you're interested. Excellent. That would be great. And what about any other social networks that, uh, that you're on that you'd like people to visit? Oh, my goodness. You know, I've, I've tried so hard to be good at the social networking thing, and it's sort of not quite second nature to me yet. But I have a very active Facebook page. So um, you look up Stephen Rosen Photography on Facebook and say howdy. That would be awesome. Um, I'm, I'm trying to do the Instagram thing, but I'm just it's, – I just – it's such a – a trial to get pictures from my camera onto Instagram, and I don't take pictures with my phone. I take pictures with my camera. So, yeah. so what so you need to do, Stephen, is use Sony cameras because Sony has built-in Wi-Fi that you can send pictures right from your camera to your phone. Oh, I have uh, I have Wi-Fi on my Canon camera too. Okay, well, then that's uh, how you so, get it so, your so yes, and I've been doing that, but the you still have that ridiculous square format that you have to deal with. So right. I have to run it through that another program better. first, and then, and also I prefer to post stuff that I have processed. Yeah, I, I like my Photoshop. I'm, I was a Photoshop artist before I was a photographer, so I like doing Photoshop. And my favorite images have a, a, a fair amount of post-processing, I'm not going to lie. Uh, so um, those are the things I like to get up on Instagram. But I'm working on that. Uh, my Twitter handle is at Ramblin Rosen, R-A-M-B-L-I-N-R-O-S-E-N. I'm trying to get better at the Twitter machine. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, tweet me, you know, it'll get me going on the Twitter machine. Um, and um, I'm not really involved quite with Pinterest yet, but I should be. Got to work on that one too. Social yeah. networking, oh my God, well, it's so overwhelming. Yeah. <laughs> you need to have a whole show or multiple shows probably. Yes, yes, I would appreciate that actually. I yeah. need to hire somebody to do all that stuff for me. Absolutely, yeah. It's it's hard to keep on top of that stuff for sure. So you know, we'll have links to all of those things again in the in. Sure, the yeah. So hey, everybody, reach out to me. I'm 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 here to help. Excellent, excellent. Mr. Evans, what have you got uh, on the go, and uh, where can people find you? Um, the usual, robertevans.com is the website. Uh, Instagram and Twitter are at Robert Evans, and Facebook is Robert Evans Studios, or my Facebook page is Robert Evans 101. Um, those are my main, uh, that, and then my Sony people, uh, have the Sony Selfie Instagram, at Sony Selfie. Take pictures with your favorite Sony cameras, uh, tag them with Sony Selfie, and we'll get them up on the Instagram page and tell us why you love your camera. Excellent. Good stuff. And if you're looking for Brian, we'll have links to all of his, but uh, he's, his new venture is uh, GetSproutStudio.com, or of course you can find him over at the Sprouting Photographer podcast as well, and we'll put links to all of his uh, social links on the uh, blog post. And if you're looking for me, um, you'll find me over at our website, which is MomentsInDigital.com, and we just launched a, a new sub-site for our wedding work, and it's just weddings dot moments and digital.com so you want to check that out um steven you'll be happy to see our featured image is of a same-sex couple as our primary featured image on our site right. so even Super though we don't specialize awesome. in them but um and then if you're looking for me on any of the other social networks i'm at, at bruce clark uh, clark with an e that's instagram twitter 
Google Plus, all those places, and Facebook. So be sure to reach out, say hello. And again, if you're looking for us and the show, uh, you want to head on over to thisweekinphoto.com slash weddings. Uh, and there you'll find all the blog posts for all the episodes. Uh, once again, thanks to our uh, sponsors, uh, Animoto, for their support of this episode. And uh, until the next episode, thanks again for listening to Twip Weddings, raising the bar one wedding at a time.